0: Fear the Talking Queers
1: Hello listeners, welcome back. I feel like I say the same thing every time I start this. You probably do. <laughs> I do. Um, so this is a Fear the Talking Queers First, this is the first time that I'm talking to anybody in the same room as me. This is the first time I ever, because, you know, quarantine and all this, you know, I've been recording by phone, you know, by FaceTime. So this is the first time, yeah, I've ever face face with somebody. So I have a very, very interesting guest with me today. <laughs> <laughs> um, everybody, please welcome to the podcast. Leilani Lopez. Hello. Uh, <laughs> uh, oh my. <laughs> so uh, Leilani Lopez is not only a Southern California drag superstar. Emphasis
0: on the super part. <laughs> um,
1: Leilani is also my boyfriend. Ew. <laughs> uh, yeah, we've been together for going on. Is it? S- like six and a six, half years. Let's see, two thousand well, like,
0: and. 13 yeah. February of that, yeah, six and a half years. So, almost seven. No, seven is my math wrong. My math is wrong. 2014, it was right, yeah. yeah. So, six almost six and a half years.
1: Yeah, speaking of math wrong, <laughs> no, I'm not gonna get into the story. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes, do it, do it, do it. Do it. <laughs> uh, so we, I'm, we're gonna skip ahead way right now, but as we were watching. The cell. We were trying to figure out how old Jennifer Lopez was and we did the math and for some reason, um, Leilani, aka Joey. I'm probably gonna call him Joey. Just call me this. Joey. Yeah. So um, so Joey was like, Oh, Jennifer Lopez was twenty years old when she made this movie and I blindly was like, Yeah, I guess that sounds right. She wasn't So we were also amazed
0: at that. Fact yeah, that we're she like, was wow. twenty years we're old. We're like,
1: Jennifer Lopez was twenty years old in this movie, but she's actually thirty and uh, Joey just did the math wrong and I blindly bought it I was like yes absolutely <laughs> this movie that came out in 20, 20 years ago
0: that's she's what happens a, yeah. after six and a half years of dating someone you just yeah you just go, go okay
1: it. sure because the argument is not worth it <laughs>
0: <laughs> even when the logic isn't there yeah.
1: anyway anyway so um, glad you do this I asked you to do this uh, because not only because you're my boyfriend but because you know you're you're a drag queen. You have a completely interesting queer experience that um, yeah. a lot of people probably are interested in. So um, let's start with what made you start doing drag?
0: Um, well, it was kind of by accident, honestly. I started going to karaoke at the at the Velvet Lounge, RIP, and <laughs> there was a drag queen host there who was very heavily involved in fundraising and everything, and she told me, she, she said, why don't you come? We'll put you in drag for this fundraiser and just that you prance around to a song and all the money goes towards veterans and I was like that sounds fun whatever so I showed up and I did it and it was so much fun and so I just decided that I didn't want to stop doing it so that was fall of 2017 and so I just kept going kept learning kept growing meeting as many people as I could trying as many new things as I could and just having as much fun as I could. And now I'm in quarantine. (laughs) (laughs) And you know, one of the things that I've always noticed about you is that you are, you are really
1: good at um, networking. Mm -hmm. You're really, I mean, not like obviously not all these people that helped you get your start or just, you know, business arrangements. Like they were actually your friends yeah, and they are still your friends. Um, But yeah, that's one thing that I've always thought you were so good at. You were able to, be genuine and make connections with people. And um, honestly, that's probably what's helped you really rise in the ranks. Yeah, because it's
0: definitely not talent. But well, no, <laughs> no absolutely. I'm totally, kidding, I'm totally kidding. But no, I think that this goes for things like when I was in college and when I worked as an actor outside of college. But just approaching people with as much genuine energy and like love and kindness as possible is always the best route for me to go. Is that that's, that's just the way that I tend to go naturally? Well, that's
1: the way people should go. Yeah. Like I'm sure you can definitely make, you know, bigger waves in society mm. if you're just just fucking nice. Yeah. Just be nice and be genuine about it. Like be don't don't be an asshole yeah. behind the scenes. Just be actually nice. It's yeah. not that fucking hard. So, um what is uh what would you say is the
0: biggest thing you've learned about yourself since starting drag? You know, I think that the biggest thing I learned about myself since starting drag is just how to be myself. I think that, I mean, I grew up within a very loving family, but it's always like growing up gay in a straight world is—you don't learn to be yourself very easily. You right. know, everything around you is teaching you to be this, or this is what masculinity looks like. You know, and then you throw cultures in there, you throw homophobia in there, you throw all of that stuff in there, and it just makes for one really hard upbringing. Right. Um, and then I went to I went to college and. Um, I studied theater and it was, it was always about making you the leading man, you know, making you as yes. manly as possible and as uh, like must, as much testosterone as you can freaking handle. Right. And then I just, I reached a point where I rejected all that. It was hard to constantly do that in the real world when you're auditioning and working. It's, it's yeah. exhausting and it's not healthy, you mm-hmm. know, especially when I'm actively um, suppressing things in order to bring other things to the forefront, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, but drag really helped me just really lean into and um, express the feminine side that I've always been so afraid of. When I was growing up, I always dressed up as a, as a female wrestler. I was Trish Stratus forever. <laughs> I was the Cheetah Girls, all three of them. Oh. What? Jennifer Lopez. Uh, I had a who? T-shirt on my <laughs> Okay, who oh, is she? I had a t-shirt on my head that I used to style in the fashion of what she wore <laughs> in the cell. Like, that was just me as a childhood. So, drag really helped me find that inner me, I guess.
1: Yeah, I mean, I've seen I've seen plenty of videos of you when you were, like, in high school. And you are, you're, like, not a drag queen, but you, you have a full face of makeup on. And oh, you yeah. are giving a full Liza Minnelli performance. Oh, yeah. And
0: my eyebrows were tweezed oh, to the gods. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> and
1: yeah So like It was always something That was inside of you Yeah You just uh, You know I probably Theater When you're coming up Is probably the most Accessible way to Be somebody You're not yeah. Not not But like You get to play a character You get to be yeah. It's like the closest thing you
0: get You get to I always found it very I never really saw it As me getting to escape Into other right. people right, 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 I always right. felt it as me Getting to play with Different parts of myself Right You know Ooh <laughs> hey, I uh, you know what you're doing later. <laughs> but but I think I think
1: Meryl Streep says the same thing. Like like, her, there you always have to bring a part of yourself to the character. Yeah, like like, yeah, it's always a part of yeah. you. no matter what. And it is And that's
0: that. Honestly, they drilled that into us at school too. Like that was something I really took away from my experience in college. Was. Bring as much as you of you to the role as possible. however, I was also fighting with not being able to bring as much as me to the role as possible as well mm-hmm. because of what I already mentioned right but drag helped me really bring all those elements of myself to the forefront
1: right and I think it's something that is like something you obviously really excel in and mm-hmm. I think and I think it's something that it uh, it just really showcases the amount of talent that you have and the kind of talent you have, like obviously you're talented in many ways, but that is like one of the really special things mm-hmm. about you that you can. And that's something that's always been inside you. It now has opportunity to just, you know, yeah. bleed out <laughs> to the audience. You know,
0: So how would you describe your drag? Like who is, who is Leilani Lopez? I don't even know who Joey is. Ah! You, know um, you know, it's honestly the best answer I can give is one that I've already given is just, it's just, a part of me—it's the part of me that—that that is less afraid. I don't want to say that when I'm in drag, I'm like I don't put on the wig and a dress and the makeup and become a different human or right. like have a new personality. And some people do. I know, which is which is great, but that's just not the, right. the way I work. Sure. I'm not hardwired that way. Um, but I, I I there is a confidence boost that comes with it. Mm-hmm. There's a responsibility that comes with it. Yeah. Um, and so I would say that she's all the best and worst parts of me expressed through a look or a number, if yeah, that makes sense. I love that. So I thought
1: it'd be fun if we played a little uh, little game, a little uh, how well do you know each other type Oh, God. Game. Um, so we've assembled a few questions. We're going to do this like, like newlywed game style. We are not newlyweds. But it's the same concept. We might, we're almost going to be common law. Remember when that was a thing? Like seven years then you were legally married? It was seven years? Seven years. Of, like, here we go. Wow. We're, yeah, almost to the finish line there.
0: Take on my student debt. Okay.
1: <laughs> <laughs> we have a couple questions, so we're just going to start. Do you want to start?
0: Sure. So, Jake... Who do you think is the tidiest? Me or you?
1: Uh, this was like a no-brainer. Obviously it's you.
0: Mm-hmm. And what, do you, what did you write down? I said me, but Duh. only by a very very small amount. I don't know. There's no way. I would say I'm tidy. I would say I You're just... You're not. No, because I'm, I'm, I'm inherently a messy person. Sure, same. You know, if I don't actively decide to clean, our house would be a fucking wreck
1: yeah no exactly no I and I appreciate all you do <laughs> <laughs> to keep this place clean um because I definitely don't contribute in uh, <laughs> in the best of ways okay uh next question
0: okay no you asked me one. Oh, sorry we're gonna back and forth okay all right um so uh what is your worst habit okay I wrote either biting my fingernails or being a brat <laughs>
1: I didn't say either of those. Oh, no. You ready for this? What did you say? I said, uh, not introducing me to people.
0: Oh, my (laughs) God. That's so true. I am horrible at that. I don't even know where that came from.
1: I don't know either. But here's like, yeah, just set the scene. We're sitting there with a group of people who I don't know. And we walk in. We walk in and Joey sees them, says, hi, everybody.
0: And starts talking and chatting as I stand there. Waiting for a Oh by the way This is my boyfriend <laughs> you, you know what Sometimes the problem is Sometimes I think about Introducing you And then I don't Only because I don't remember The name of the person that I'm introducing okay, that's, you to Okay
1: that's fair uh, Also Also it's hard to know Because I don't say anything Usually though Because I'm like Have I have I met this person before And that's what i be also wondering like, Yeah Like should I be like Hey you again Or should I be like Nice to meet you I don't know So I just hope. I just hope I don't know you right,
0: though. God bless you for always introducing <laughs> me because I am a terrible human. Yeah, well, we knew that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, um, That's your turn. My turn. Um, what is your favorite flavor of potato chip? Uh,
1: I said salt and vinegar chip. Yes. Yes, I said
0: something really gross like salt and vinegar or um, cool ranch. <laughs> ew,
1: not cool ranch. Uh, I mean, I did love Cool Ranch back in the day. They're yeah. disgusting.
0: No, Every they're so good. Salt and vinegar oh, yeah. hurts, and the poor roof of your mouth afterwards is yeah. destroyed.
1: Yeah. Joey is a ranch hater. Disgusting. If Yeah. If you are a ranch lover... You're dead um, to me. Block her on Instagram. <laughs>
0: <laughs> You're already blocked. If uh, you love ranch.
1: <laughs> what clothing item of yours do I hate?
0: I said my Fruit of the Loom underwears <laughs> or my Soda Cat belt. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god, wait, the fruit of the
1: loom underwear is actually <laughs> that has to be the right answer. <laughs> what did you write down? I wrote your like your drag chonklas that you
0: <laughs> Oh, I love my drag chonklas. The Hawaii ones, the yeah. ones. I lost one in Flaming Saddles West Hollywood oh no and I blame them for every unhappy moment I have oh now. my god but the fr- <laughs> you were right you were yeah, actually you right you hate those underwear you hated them so much that you bought me new underwear yeah when you were first I dating. was
1: like you cannot be uh, walking around
0: I, I know nobody else can see it but as far as you know yeah <laughs> 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 alright who has the most exes me you I said because you're old
1: Ah! Uh, oh my god that's true um <laughs> Yeah, I have one. Well, I have like one and like some halves that like don't count.
0: Yeah, I think I had like zero actual boyfriends. I don't think I ever boyfriend anybody until you. But I was also like... That's right. That's right. 18 when I met you. Yeah. So You're a baby. Yeah, you're robbing the cradle. (laughs) I waited till you
1: were 19 just to make sure it was... (laughs) 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 Oh, my last question for you is who said I love you first? I said
0: Who cares?
1: I like that answer Cause Who cares Cause at the end of the day I, I mean, love you Oh I love you, you too me The funniest
0: part about it is Is that it was in a fucking McDonald's parking lot Oh my god It was Yeah I remember this conversation Because for the longest time You fought me on this It was right after the Art pop concert
1: Yes okay So that's a more interesting Yeah we went and saw The art rave At the Staples Center In Los Angeles And then, and then On our way back We stopped at, at a McDonald's. McDonald's Cause
0: you had to pee right probably and i looked nuts and yeah. what i was wearing and yeah. then I th- we were in the parking lot yeah yeah how romantic and what a freaking metaphor for our relationship <laughs> yeah literally <laughs> fuck well that was fun i'm glad i know you a lot better than i thought i did because yeah. that would have been so embarrassing had i answered all of those wrong
1: okay i have one last question for you okay oh, no. where the hell were you on that n- i'm just kidding oh. um Oh Uh, no! I'm just Uh, so.
0: How did you get the name Leilani Lopez? How did you pick it? Oh no! Okay, so I of course wanted the last name Lopez because of Jennifer Lopez. Oh, who? Who's that? Oh, my idol in the world. Now I grew up obsessed with this woman, (laughs) from Selena to Angel Eyes to. What is Not the Angel of, Eyes? Yes, Angel Eyes. Have Even you to seen Gilly, that movie? Bitch, I did at one point, and it's a reason probably never watched it again. No, but I had all of her albums. I knew every single word to the five songs I listened to. I just loved her. She's literally on our wall twice. Yeah, she is. We I have her last fucking name. And Leilani, I wanted to be able to abbreviate my name just like she did with J-Lo. <laughs> so I picked a name that had something that rhymed with J. I was like, what rhymes with J? Lay. Oh, I'll just be a Leilani. So that's why I came up with that. <laughs> yeah, people are like, oh my God, are you Hawaiian? And I go, hell no. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, so don't ask her about that. No (laughs) You already know the story
1: Yeah So I think that's a perfect segue into our movie this week Yes Yes so this week we are talking about The Cell starring Jennifer Lopez Jenny from The
0: Block Yes And Vince Vaughn From The Block And Vincent D'Onofrio D'Onofrio I'm I'm gonna get that at some point
1: Incredibly prepared for this today, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> or, or illiterate—one of the two.
0: <laughs> yeah, you tried. There's a lot of there's a lot of vowels in that one. Yeah, and that accent—you know—it really throws it off. I'm just making excuses for the fact that I can't <laughs> read now. <laughs> um, so yeah, this movie is freaking crazy, um,
1: but I'm excited to talk about this today.
0: I'm super excited too. I, you know, what? I was really excited to watch this movie again. Um, because it's been years since I've seen it. Right. And I remembered that my favorite part was always her in that outfit with the red collar and the face mask and the hair. And it's still my favorite part. <laughs> well, I mean, it's not there aren't many
1: in this one. Um, but yeah. So, of course, I was like, what should I what should I bring to the table as far as like what we're going to do today? I was like, OK, Joey loves Jennifer Lopez. What's the one horror film she's done? Actually that's not true. She's Selena. Um, ah <laughs> Geely.
0: <laughs> what was that other horror movie that she The Boy Next Door? The, oh. I forgot I forgot about that movie. Why didn't we do that one with Kristen Chenoweth? Oh my
1: god, yeah. Oh <laughs> That's right. And she dies
0: in that anyway.
1: That's it. That movie is she doesn't just die, she gets murdered. Oh my god. Yeah. Somebody fucking killed Glinda. Um We're doing that the next time. That's hilarious. I forgot that movie
0: existed. Anyway, so... um, Wait, I I guess I I read an article that mentioned that J-Lo's other horror movie was Anaconda. Oh, duh. And that she actually stopped doing horror, sci-fi, even related movies after this. That's why she went to rom-coms was that she was scared that she was going to get typecast as a scream queen. Like that's a bad thing? I said you didn't scream once in this motherfucking movie. What are you talking about? Oh my god. (laughs) Well, before we get into it, before we fucking take a
1: a mind-bending trip into The Cell, uh, I'm going to give you a little rundown of the plot ski. Y'all ready? Let's do it. (laughs) The Cell, directed by Tarsem Singh. Released in 2000, the film stars Jennifer Lopez, Vincent D'Onofrio, and Vince Vaughn. Our film begins with a dreamlike desert landscape. Catherine Dean, a child psychologist and our heroine, played by Jennifer Lopez, rides on a beautiful black horse through the sand to meet her current patient Edward, a young boy who has fallen into a coma due to a dormant virus that is triggered by trauma, in his case a boating accident. Catherine is in fact in Edward's mind using an experimental new technology that allows her to enter the mind of her patients, thus allowing her to administer therapy and coax them into consciousness once more. Unfortunately, the experiment has not produced the desired effect. The dreamscapes in which these therapy sessions take place are beautifully operatic, overflowing with avant-garde imagery and metaphor, all connected to whoever's mind is hosting the meeting. Meanwhile, a disturbed man named Carl Starger, played by Vincent D'Onofrio, dumps a body of a beautiful woman he had previously kidnapped in a river. Starger is a serial killer who receives sexual gratification from watching the women he kidnaps drown to death inside a secluded glass cell While he suspends himself in the air by steel piercings. He's surgically implanted into his back Carl has set his sights on a new victim Julia Hickson whom he successfully kidnaps and locks in the cell Starger who unbeknownst to him suffers from the same virus as Catherine's patient Edward has a psychotic break and falls into a coma leaving Julia with not a single conscious person who knows her whereabouts. Detective Peter Novak, played by Vince Vaughn, helms Julia's case, having followed Starger's previous murders. When the police are tipped off to Starger's residence, Novak and his team discover Starger's comatose body. Knowing that there is a race to save Julia's life, they are led to Catherine's team, who have now been recruited by the police in order to enter Starger's
0: mind. Almost instantaneously, might I add. Oh, no, that shit is... Insane how fast they got this shit approved. Oh, yeah. Like how
1: like there are no channels you have to he go through. Even when
0: they found out who he was from that albino dog hair. Oh yeah. They they had files on him ready. I was like, yeah. it's been five minutes, y'all. By the time they traveled and I don't know, it's crazy the timeline in this movie is fucked up
1: yeah and this happens within a matter of i
0: don't know half
1: an hour i swear to god (laughs) even though it's supposedly like 48 hours although skeptical in the 48 hour time frame for getting starger to trust her and reveal julia's whereabouts Catherine agrees to enter into starger's mind starger's mind is unfamiliar territory for Catherine, and his mind is dark and violent Catherine begins to follow a child version of starger who seems too scared to speak to her
0: but she figures that he is her best chance Played by Lizzie McGuire's little brother, might I add. Ah, oh, what a star. Do you know he was booked oh, what and What was blessed. his real name?
1: Jake Thomas? I don't know. I just think every child, like, male child star from Disney Channel's name is Beans. <laughs> 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 Are they not? Keep reading the plot. I hate you. <laughs> Adult Starger, on the other hand, sees himself as an evil king ruling over his dark kingdom. When he discovers Catherine, he's startled by her presence and demands to know where she came from. The scares Catherine, sending herself back to the real world. Now, knowing the peril she faces going into his mind, she returns once more in order to find the child version of Starger. Finding the child, she is shown images and flashbacks of Starger's childhood, a horrifying tale of abuse by his father. Catherine attempts to speak with the child, but is captured by evil King Starger and becomes his prisoner. Meanwhile, the cell Julia is trapped in becomes slowly filled with water. Needing to save Catherine, Novak takes it upon himself to enter Starger's mind, as he has a deep understanding of Starger's psyche. Novak finds Catherine, bound in chains as Starger's presumed sex slave. Catherine, under the influence of his demented reality, distracts Novak by seducing him so Starger may capture him and torture him. Novak, having read Catherine's file, desperately divulges personal information about her past while being tortured. A car accident that left her brother comatose, which breaks the spell and allows Catherine to save Novak by stabbing Starger, allowing them to escape. Novak then recognizes a familiar symbol from Starger's house and returns to the real world in order to tell his team to find the origins of the symbol that should lead them to Julia. Catherine realizes that the only way she'll have full control over the dream reality is if she brings Starger into her own mind, something that's never previously been done. Beginning her dream as an angelic virgin-like image, she's able to connect with the child Starger, who tells her that the only way to save him is to kill him. When the world begins to become dark and evil King Starger makes his presence known, Catherine alters her image to that of a warrior. With no other choice, Catherine fights Starger to the death, killing him as well as the young Starger, who's connected to his evil adult form. There was no other way.
0: That was her favorite scene to film, by the way. Was her beating the crap out of <laughs> Vincent D'Onofrio or however you say his fucking name?
1: <laughs> yeah, she was like, they're like Jennifer. What was your favorite part? And she's like, mm, I don't know. I think the part where I like killed him in the end because it was just really funny.
0: She's like, here's a spoiler. Yeah, I was like,
1: wow. <laughs> <laughs> not
0: you, paying, Talo.
1: not paying the five ninety nine it costs to see a movie in two thousand. <laughs> to if, if
0: you can even call it a fight, she whooped his ass, yeah, this was... giant man. But, but you know what? Her mind, was, her yeah. rules.
1: Yeah, is that what she says? Yep. That's right, there we go. Novak and his team find Julia right as the cell is becoming full of water in Julia's minutes away from death. He breaks through the glass, saving Julia's life and bringing the horror to an end. The film ends with Catherine revisiting Edward, however this time in her own mind where she can be in control.
0: The end. It's amazing hearing you read the plot because I can see one now, you know?
1: Ah! I mean, that's true. This movie is definitely light on
0: storytelling. Yeah, I mean, like it's 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 an engaging story. You follow it. You you you're never bored. No, no, no. This is like it's it's a decent movie. It's a good movie. It's fine. Yeah, it's a good movie. I would say. Yeah, it's not a great film. No, but it just felt like something that was relying too much on imagery and visuals that kind of just like lost everything else about the movie.
1: No, I agree, and I think that. That probably comes from the director, Tarsim Singh, um, who had come from commercial directing and music video directing mm-hmm. like that. This was his first film. And so when you think about what music videos are, they are just strictly a visual medium yeah. to, uh, you know, promote a song, you know, that isn't yours. If you're the director, yeah, you know, if you're the director of a music video, you're producing somebody else's product, you know, yeah. in a quick visual way. And I think that really, you know, stands out here in the cell as being something that he's obviously used to doing. Yeah. That it's very visual and that the story was sort of like, and story and the
0: script are sort of just like afterthoughts. I mean, he even repeats visualizations, you know, like the set for that bathroom scene (laughs) where he's cleaning his first victim. It looks just like that losing my religion video that he also directed. So uh, it almost no. feels like a copy-paste in some places.
1: Yeah, he was like, well, hey, th- I, that was a really ugly set that I made. Just make that one. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, all right. I mean, whatever works, it's I guess. It's always
0: strange to know. I, I've been wondering a lot with this film what the original intention was behind it. Because everyone who seems to be involved in it says that they wish it was done differently or what didn't have so many changes <laughs> yeah. and, like, they had fought on different decisions. Like, for example, the writer yeah. of the script... I'm blanking on his name. Do you remember it? Oh, uh, Mark Prodosevich. He says that he is embarrassed by the film, that he wishes that somebody would redo it now with the way that it was supposed to be done because of how the producer stepped in and rewrote it, how everybody... You know what I'm saying?
1: Yeah, This. The, I, I think this movie is just a product of trial and error mm-hmm. I think that this is like every especially how they look back on it like the direct like Tarsim Singh the director looks back on it and like and just thinks like oh man I would definitely have done that differently I would have done that differently
0: and so I said yeah, nobody's really happy with how this turned out yeah I mean like almost everything that I read about it nobody said like oh, what a beautiful, ex- amazing experience this was. Like, even watching J-Lo in that one interview she gave, she just seemed almost like she almost... She was, like, apathetic about Yes, it. about this like, whole experience. Uh. Um,
1: but, you know, this is young J-Lo. Like, J-Lo, she's, like, I don't know. She's not known for, I don't know, doing, like, in-depth yeah. interview. I don't know.
0: Like the, well, I mean, like, she, I would say that she was pretty good in this movie. She's, you know, I've seen her yeah. be a lot worse. She was she was good, you know. She yeah. she hit all the marks.
1: And I love and I, don't get me wrong, I love J Lo. Oh, I think love she, so I much. love her, and I think that she's she's an artist who has only gotten stronger with
0: age. Oh yes, very. I, I love how well-rounded she wants. She like strives. To she be aims and, to be absolutely. Yes, she wants to be better. At, yeah. Always, and that's Always. so admire. That's so admirable in person.
1: Yeah, no, I agree. So I do think though this is very early J-Lo. Yes. As far as like Jennifer's I don't know com- again here we go commitment and I think she does she does well yeah. I think her choice I think her choice of like I, I, is
0: sort of obvious like as far as I how mean, she plays I this character. I also don't see the the direction being a heavy hand sure. in this movie. Okay. You know, I don't see her being well dire- I feel like this director was so obsessed with the visuals and making sure that all of them looked as Amazing and spectacular as they did, that I feel like everybody was almost sort of um, missing in the character development department. Even yeah. Vincent D'Onofrio, who is an incredible actor.
1: Yeah, no, he. You know, I thought he was sufficiently scary. He's like a, he's like a copy paste of uh, Buffalo Bill from, mm-hmm. um, fucking Silence of the Lambs. Like it's very much that. And I, and I know this movie um, got greenlit because of the success of Silence of the Lambs. So um, they're like, oh, well, obviously that was a huge hit, Oscar, you know, winner. Um, yeah, obviously people are craving this sort of entertainment. Yeah, and so that's how I, how this movie got got up. Uh, but it's almost like it was,
0: it was put up without the thought and intent sure. that went into the Silence right. of the Lambs. You know, what I mean, that, oh, n- that, absolutely. That movie, wasn't that movie based off of a novel? Sure. Yeah.
1: Yeah. The cell is definitely. It was like it was like an idea that maybe it just it's not very. It sort of lives in a mask of being deeper than it is yeah. you know i mean
0: and like we see that in uh, and i wrote this down we see this in the, in the motifs and symbols that are used in this movie yeah they're either, either almost surface level symbols and motifs like water and drowning yeah you know she mentions that he hangs himself from those steel things oh, in yeah. his back because that type of mind likes to feel like they're floating in water he was baptized as a kid and that was his traumatic experience where the virus originated um, he drowns these women in water, yeah. and you hear water throughout the movie, dripping in almost every scene. Yeah, um, it's such a prevalent metaphor um, motif that's used throughout the movie. That's that's you know, but it's pretty simple. You know, like yeah, we know but... where it comes from and we know what it represents. So that, that
1: that's, that's a pretty fleshed out metaphor, but like, I don't know especially because like these the images in this movie are so grand. Like this yeah. movie is
0: like operatic on another level. Yeah, and he you says know? that he says that this is opera. Which helped me embrace the movie, yes. I, to be honest, because I took it less less realistically. Yeah. Which is another thing that he right. said. Right,
1: exactly. And I think that's like reading like reading after I watched the movie. I, and I have seen this movie several times, but like re, uh, you know, doing some research on it and reading what Tarsem Singh had to say about it. And he said, point out to me the part of the movie that's realistic and I'll take it out. Like this movie was, I like, guess, never meant to, to be realistic. And so once I've sort of... Sort of bought into that idea. I was like, "Oh, okay, yeah. I can, oh, sure." None of this take this has to take place in a complete alternate reality, even though there is sci-fi technology, yeah. and which like I that.
0: mean would explain the almost like tropishness of this right. movie. Everybody almost seems to fit this mold perfectly. Vince Vaughn and his ridiculous portrayal oh. of an FBI agent. Oh my, gosh. Cop. it is
1: so funny. He is just every. Cop character that's ever been in
0: a movie. Even when they discover the body in the creek, where he's standing on that rock by oh, the yes. river, all majestic. Yeah, like
1: a superhero with this. Yeah, looking out into the into the crime scene, pondering. Like it's. Yeah. And then we find out later hilarious. that he
0: also was abused, and that's why he like. Oh yeah, no. It, so he much.
1: is the cop with a chip on his shoulder trope. Oh yes,
0: it's just like his
1: character desperately. Desperately wants to save this victim Obviously he's a cop Or that's his job He's a detective His job is to save this girl's life But he has like an ex You know It's personal to him Because when he was You know Before He had a case that went wrong And then it it comes out later That he was actually You know He was abused Which this case
0: was always Was also ridiculous Yeah it it was like a ridiculous case It's almost like For every crime That was in this film They Made it The most dramatic That they possibly could his history with this child who the killer got off because of some bad evidence or whatever was like found in the parents' living room of that child with her heart cut out in the freezer and she was dead. <laughs> like, oh my God, I'm, I can't sleep after that. Uh, and then additionally, I love th- how he he's he's telling that <laughs> he's telling, like, telling these horrible
1: stories about a serial killer to a woman who is about to go into the mind
0: of a serial killer, as if that's supposed to comfort her. And the fact that that convinces her, like like like, like, five minutes later, she's like, I'm going to go back in. Bitch, did you not hear what the hell he just told
1: you? He literally just told your ass, like, this is how these people fucking are.
0: That's nuts. And then speaking of this killer... He is just every bad thing you can think of wrapped in a serial killer, and then you meet his father, and he is everything worse wrapped in a human being. Right. It's, like, these, like, big hyperbolic versions of, like... Oh, yeah.
1: You know, of, like, a serial killer, and it's, like, again, all the tropes are there. It's, like, he was a young child who was abused by his father. Who was homophobic and
0: sexist and hit him he with a, a like an iron.
1: Oh, yeah, and then come to find out, it started out with Starger hurting animals, which I guess is, you know, the real psychology as to what they say serial killers do, but it's just like, it's just so funny, it just sort of hits all the marks yeah, like of, check, like, of like, the, like, yeah, serial killers for dummies, <laughs> you know, and it's like, and cops for dummies, it's like, literally this movie was written just the 101 of all these types of characters, and like, even Jennifer's performance, you know, she is she
0: also has, like, a chip on her shoulder. She has a reason. I think in this version, it's that she... What you find out in that one moment where Spawn is getting... What do they call it? Where you... T- it's, like a, it's like an intestinal torture device, which is... Attach know. your intestine to this, like... almost Like, it's like whatever, barbed wire. Whatever, whatever of, that thing is that you roast pigs yeah, on. like a rotisserie. You know? Yeah, exactly. And then just pull out <laughs> your intestine, which, <laughs> which is, is also disgusting. Which is apparently real. Like, apparently... like yeah.
1: It's a real form of torture, and, like, people would die from like
0: excessive amounts of pain and blood loss <laughs> where were we
1: so I was So oh, what we I, were
0: getting to the Jennifer Lopez like her her chip on her shoulder oh
1: yeah so like yeah so her character has a chip on her shoulder that we don't find out until later in the film we find it later when Vince Vaughn is being tortured and he starts blurting out things because she's like entranced as this like chained up slave girl. Yeah.
0: And all we know about her so far is that she cares so much about children's minds In every scene she's fighting to like help heal a child or talking about wanting to heal the child, you know, child
1: obsessed. Oh yes. And so in order to break from the spell, he blurts out some really personal shit about how she had a baby brother who got in a car accident and wound up in a coma. And that's why she desperately wants to save children. Yes. But I guess the original was a little darker and it had to do with like her getting an abortion when she was younger. But like, honey, it was 2000. They were not about, you know, no, they you were not about to sell, you know, abortion to, you know, a big studio. Yeah.
0: Let alone J-Lo getting an abortion. Yeah. America's puerto rican princess yeah. i don't think so yeah
1: so um i don't know it's like really it's <laughs> but very also, that
0: was supposed to signify her connection to children was the fact that she aborted a baby therefore she had this obsession with helping children that, you know which, that, that's which a, is also that's problematic, a little problematic in a sense
1: yeah so i mean thank god that didn't happen it an uh, You know, it technically is maybe like a stronger. It's definitely a more
0: interesting choice than a baby brother,
1: right? But then, um, yeah, the 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 choice that they made for the movie just sort of is kind of weak. It's just
0: weak. I just feel like with all the crazy stories that they had going on in this in this movie, that they could have come up with something more interesting for her. You know?
1: Yeah, exactly. Because her character really one dimensional. Yeah, Yeah, you don't know. You don't really know anything about her. She's just the soft, soft-spoken
0: child psychologist. Yeah, you don't know. Any, so yeah, the, the most introduction you get to her is her whole entire butt in her apartment oh smoking my gosh. some marijuana.
1: Yeah. So her character development
0: isn't great, but um, the visuals are. Yeah, the visuals in this movie are are really beautiful, are stunning, and I think that one of the most. I mean, yeah, the scenery and everything is is beautiful and or alarming, but. Um, my favorite visual in this entire movie are the costumes. Yes. The costume. What is her name?
1: Aiko Ishioka. Yes. yes.
0: she incredible. She died in 2012. Did you know that? Yeah.
1: So sad. Oh.
0: But yeah, she she is the costumer for uh, Dracula from
1: 1992. Um, what the, who the fuck is his, what's his name?
0: Francis Cord Coppola? <laughs>
1: <laughs> Francis Cord Coppola? What's his name? Francis Ford Coppola. Oh. Which. Also is incredibly over the top and operatic and even features one of the same costumes as this movie. Which one? So like the armor. Those muscle looking suits? Yeah. So it's supposed to resemble muscle.
0: Oh, interesting. And
1: that was also used. And when I read about it, I was like, oh my God, they're absolutely right. Because it's the same outfit that Gary Oldman wears as... Vlad
0: the Impaler. Is that a budget problem or is that a
1: I mean, choice? I d- I don't think that Gary Oldman and Jennifer Lopez are the same size. Same boobs. So, <laughs> yeah, so I, I probably was like a conscious choice. Maybe it's just. I it's p- what the reasoning is. It, she probably just really likes that aesthetic. Maybe it's just like, an, like a through line or an Easter egg in her career. Mm-hmm. She's just. I don't know.
0: Yeah. But her costumes are out of this world. Between JLo's Lo's like the collar, which is hilarious, because Jennifer Lopez actually asked her to make these more comfortable for her, and she and she told her, "No, you're supposed to be uncomfortable. Yeah, you're a sex slave.
1: Yeah, she's like embrace it.
0: Yeah, she's like embrace it. But embrace she had that it. sick mask on. Oh yeah. And then all of Vincent D'Onofrio's outfits were out of this world. That giant rhinestone oh, cape, beautiful. With
1: Oh, my gosh. The hair horns. Ah, oh, the hair horns are my favorite. I think that's so... I think it looks so cool. Yeah, extravagant, like,
0: cape that he wears as, like, yeah. the gold king. And ah. then even even down to the, um, oh, the purple curtains that line the wall when he first meets her. And he's like, oh, who yeah. the hell is this woman in my mind? Because he's never met her before. Right. She inserted herself into his mind. So he's like, what are you? Or where did you come from? But he had those giant purple curtains that uh, detach from the wall that were so grand. What other outfits? In yeah, this sh-
1: that's what I'm saying. This shit is opera. It is yeah. over the top. It is grand. It is majestic. It's yes. all those big fucking fancy words. Her
0: white outfits, that feather one no that, that she loved in the beginning. The, no, she loves that other white flowy one it looks like a wedding gown. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, she was like, oh, finally, something editor, something I could wear in a fucking Vogue honestly, magazine.
0: <laughs> honestly. <sighs>
1: But I do love that, I did read that um, her outfit of when she's like the sex slave was supposed to resemble a Black Widow spider. Interesting. Because, and when he like, when he comes, she's like giving him like the kiss of the spider woman. Oh. That's how she like seduces Vince Vaughn and distracts him before he is snatched up by um, by uh, Starger.
0: I love that. I, never, I didn't think of it that way. That's beautiful. And I love the, well, the way that the um, the design of the dresses, I guess those could be like black spiderweb looking things yeah. or even like even legs. Yeah. What they look like. It's a really beautiful outfit.
1: Yeah. It's really cool. But J.Lo is not the only lady in this movie. There's another actress in this movie who caused a whole lot of problems. Oh,
0: my goodness. Let me get her name. Oh, my gosh. So Miss Catherine Sutherland, oh. who played Anne-Marie, the unlucky victim, hmm. or almost victim. Her name's not Anne-Marie. Yes, it is.
1: No, her name is Julia Hickson. Julia Hickson. Oh, that's...
0: Remember, where's Julia? Oh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That Jennifer Lopez impersonation was everything. Where's Julia. <laughs> it just sounds like her in enough. <laughs> yeah, no, like, you can't. No, you can't. <laughs> she only has f- so many acting choices at the beginning of her career. Okay. Hey, but you know what? We love them all. We love her for it. Right. So, uh, tell us a little bit about that story. I think this is a really fu- interesting story. So, th- I don't know if they had a casting issue or if someone dropped, but they had to cast the role of the main girl who gets kidnapped and Julia, Julia Hixon. Hixon. <laughs> And they cast Tara Subhoff? Subhoff? Sure. Sure. We'll call her Tara. Tara Reed. Tara, no, not Tara <laughs> Reed. No nipples uh, in I this wish. movie. I wish. I um, <laughs> So they had to cast Julia and they casted Tara, or they cast Tara. And they asked her, Do you swim? Because obviously she's going to be in this giant water filled room. Right. Um, the cell. And she said, Yeah, I'm a lifeguard. And so. When they get to shoot, she's holding her nose under it. She's panicking. She's wasting all of this time. And the director was so mad about it that he even says that you can tell by the last scene that he shoots of her where she's getting rescued that he barely focuses the camera on her. (laughs) That is some petty-ass shit, too. Apparently, in the commentary for this movie, he mentioned that thing almost three or four times, that whole situation. He was so upset with her for lying.
1: I mean... She probably wasted a lot of time and a lot of money.
0: Oh, especially on a film that was like they—they made sure that we knew that this budget was not huge, right? Yeah, they made us. Obviously,
1: they're using clothes from a different movie. Uh,
0: Okay, sets from a music video. Okay, he was so upset with her, and he even said that he would have rather have casted, uh, cast Catherine Sutherland, who played the original girl who gets killed in that role instead. Wow, because she sold it
1: as that dead body, which I love is. A reference to one of my favorite shows, Twin Peaks. Ooh. Yes, um, I love that little reference of the of Ann, uh, the character Anne Marie, I guess, who's mm-hmm. the dead body. She's like wrapped up in the in the clear um, sort of like cellophane type material. She's like super pale white, and they find her in a river, just like Laura Palmer.
0: But I mean, like this situation is a perfect like representation of what this movie almost like does for the majority of it especially its visuals it references a lot of things but you keep asking yourself why why <laughs> yeah. are you referencing this what are you trying to say and it almost doesn't have an answer like why are we doing this twin peaks reference is it because it's a mystery because it's no, al- because it's, it's, it's just because, because he likes twin peaks apparently because he also he references the three women that are where Svan falls into his um, the killer's mind for the first time, yeah. and he's by those three women who were played by triplets. But the director said that he almost he, he was it was a waste to have it just played by three triplets because you couldn't even tell that they looked the same. <laughs> he's like they had so much makeup on and costumes that you couldn't even tell. Yeah, what's the point? Exactly. But that was that was a reference to um, it was a painting called Dawn by uh, that's D A W N by Odd Nerdrum was some sort of artist but i looked up the painting and it didn't really have anything to do with any sort of like metaphorical connection Yeah, it it
1: just seems like he just really connected with these images yeah and he was like i think that they're you know as they're kind of crazy avant garde looking pictures i think i want to recreate them in my film just to make a you know i guess have the same sort of effect that they've had on me on the audience
0: I guess, or like that horse moment where it gets cut up into a million pieces, and then that's a reference to the art of Damien Hirst, yeah. who did it with a shark in formaldehyde.
1: Um, uh, uh, uh. That's and, so gross.
0: And it's so gross. But again, like, very small, if any, metaphorical connection there. It almost just seemed like a reference. Like, okay, but we're in, like, I feel like there, was, it, there were a lot of missed opportunities for really smart moves. I would love to see Jordan Peele tackle this film.
1: Oh, yeah. Oh, that would be so good
0: if he could remake this movie.
1: Oh my gosh! Because the action, like to make to make like metaphor and symbolism actually mean something would take this movie to a whole different level. This movie has the
0: potential to be yeah. spectacular, right?
1: This movie has so much potential to be great, but it just seems like nothing that they want that, that they like hoped would happen happened. Yeah, but so, it's like
0: it's almost. It just, I don't want to say that they didn't put intent behind anything, because I'm sure they did. Maybe it was just very lost in translation, or it wasn't communicated effectively, yeah. but everything just feels like references as opposed to metaphors.
1: Yes, I agree. I agree. Like, 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 that's what I was saying earlier, and I don't think I ever got to this point, but like, there's a lot of like, fake metaphor, or like, and like, it gets so literal at some points, it's mm-hmm. like... Oh, we just threw a metaphor out the window. We have a whole scene in a house, in a kitchen, where we're just watching a flashback now. Like, no no longer is the metaphor used no. to advance the story. It's like, once the actual story has to take place, we take it somewhere very literal, where we go into an actual kitchen, where we see the little boy
0: actually getting abused by his actual father.
1: Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But all
0: the while, J-Lo is standing in this bucket <laughs> of eels, which also makes no sense. I'm, yeah, I'm sure that's... Uh, like what is that Like I again I want to sure. assume That there's intention Behind sure. this And, I'm, there probably and is. maybe Maybe we're just not Smart enough to realize it That is also a very Yeah Big possibility
1: Yeah maybe it's like e- Eels are uh, e- Like Dangerous She's standing in Dangerous waters
0: She's like yeah, Okay maybe that That's a little too literal to, Maybe I'm just I Trying mean, to assume Too much depth in this You know what I mean Right I Like mean. there's gotta be Some reason why she's in eels But maybe it is just She's treading in Dangerous waters
1: that that must be who knows I don't know we'll never know I guess that's the point of point of art like this it's all up for interpretation so if it means that to you then it means that to you
0: what's sad is that I'm actually impressed by this metaphor if that's what it means for this (laughs) film because it's one of the first ones I've seen Fuck.
1: (laughs) I'm just pulling things out of my ass yeah this this is how I survived writing papers in school (laughs) 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 just making it up
0: one thing I also was wondering is what style is this movie? It's obviously innovative in the sense that it yeah. brings a lot of different things. What, I mean, how effectively is an argument? But like, is it science fiction? <laughs> is yeah, it, it it's horror? A, it's is sort it... of a mix of
1: all genres. It's like thriller, like a police thriller, mixed with like a psychological thriller, mixed, mixed with, with a, a horror film. horror movie, mixed with a sci-fi with like a sci-fi twist because like. This has to do with technology, like what they're. Nothing in this movie is supernatural by any means. Like it's all, it's all produced by technology. Like have this experimental new technology that allows them to enter the mind of somebody else through synaptic, synaptic. Yeah, I don't know, and replay.
0: Yeah, and on that that thought, one thing I do want to say about this film that I think it did well. Well, one thing I think it married all of these genres together quite well. Yeah, I don't think that it ever felt jarring. Like, what kind of movie am I, am I in? Right. Instead, I was sitting there thinking, "This is a new kind of movie I'm in. This is a different kind of right. movie I'm it, in."
1: It does. It definitely definitely feels like it's its own genre. Yes, which I appreciate and oh, I love. Absolutely, you that know, is probably the one of the bigger successes of this movie. Yes,
0: is that it? It almost spearheaded its own unique genre, right? Which I love. But also, you said something a second ago about the mind. And one of the like, off-site locations where they filmed this was, where was it? In Namibia. In Africa, correct? In Africa, yeah, yeah. in a desert. And they, they offered him different locations. And they're like, why don't you film in a desert in the United States? There's m- many. And he said, well, the problem is is I already know where I want to go with this one. I don't want to <laughs> look around the <laughs> deserts of California yeah. or, or Nevada for a location. But what I liked was that was that he took... He took the expansiveness of that location, so like you see how big it is, you see how wide everything is, how expansive it is, and that's what he wanted to communicate to the to the audience member was that the mind isn't something that you can just recreate sure. in a movie studio like he was doing with um, the serial killer's mind in a lot of the sets. He wanted you to also realize that the mind is a vast place, and that to encompass that with just a movie studio is not right. Not correct.
1: Right. So I and so that's why like I hope like how we talk about this doesn't make it seem like he is a terrible director. He's not a terrible director and he obviously had a lot of really good yeah. ideas like like the fact that he would like think of that specific specific desert because it makes him think of like boundlessness. Like there's yeah. no there's no end to the mind or the imagination or anything yeah. like that. And so yeah, I do think I do uh, commend him for
0: things yeah. like that also the sound in this movie course, is incredibly yeah. effective yeah. between the music that they use in that first scene that's very cacophonous and and overwhelming very what did uh our roommate who watched it with us maddie said that it felt very um midsummer oh yeah you know with the with the way that the sound was oh used. yeah it's a,
1: where it were like you just it just turns into this like great big like cacophonous sound yeah. that just sort of rattles your sense, you yeah, know. Which rat- which
0: is something that we're introduced to in the first thirty seconds of the film, which yeah. I think is such a beautiful way yeah. to invite us onto this whatever this journey of this movie is. Right, because you
1: know? now it's like this movie is about to be excessive. It's about to be big. It's about to be loud. Yeah. Like that's what that signals, yeah. I think, right away.
0: Yeah. And you see the use of sound and the absence of sound everywhere with the dog that's shaking with the blood when she first mm-hmm. gets into the serial killer's mind. Um they experimented with different sounds to play over that dog shaking itself in blood but they found that silence with just the background noise of what was in that mind was the perfect you know effect yeah which I thought was also a very effective choice as well you know he's not a, he's not a bad director no. he's not done but I think he was figuring it out yeah I was definitely figuring out this new medium yeah and also having your hands tied he mentions things yeah. that he wishes he had fought for when he was directing this film so maybe some of the things that we're criticizing aren't necessarily his, yeah, his doing fault. they're just producer problems
1: absolutely this movie is probably a big product of just chopping and cutting and pasting by a studio yeah sorry the writer even said that he hopes one day somebody remakes this movie and makes it better and I'm calling on Jordan Peel to do that yes please
0: no but all in all i i love jennifer lopez so much (laughs) and i i do like this movie it's not one that i would would watch it again absolutely it is
1: nine it's a easy way to spend 90 minutes you know it's uh it's an interesting quick movie
0: very very um i don't want to say easy on the eyes very um it just turn your brain it's like interesting to watch yes
1: visually pleasing yes Uh, you don't you don't have to as much as it you might think you have to think too hard you don't don't. really you don't really have to think that hard and uh you just enjoy and if you like looking at jennifer lopez and her undies or looking like a drag queen then this movie's probably for you too honey before we leave i would like to ask what was your favorite part yeah
0: i would have to say my favorite part is still that scene where she is the you know sex slave or whatever (laughs) she is um she looks incredible the, the intention in that scene is clear That's one thing that I love it's like everything's clear yeah but nothing's ridiculous you know
1: and I think she's really good in that scene where they have the close up on her face and she has that like blank smile on her face yeah. that like you could slowly see her start like cracking the surface as he's like trying to will her
0: out of her yeah. out of her you know spell yeah but I have to say like that that's not an easy thing to act. No, that part. it's so hard to show. Her neck no probably one just ever, hurt. No one, <laughs> she's like, oh my Can neck. Can you make this more comfortable? I'm from the Bronx. <laughs> we don't do this. Um, no, I think that she did that part beautifully. Yeah. That no one, no human, as far as I know, has been put under a spell in which they have, in which they are in those set of circumstances. You know, that's something you have to completely make up you know and then coming out of a spell i'm sure she doesn't know how that feels i think that she did a great job with playing the balance of subtlety with actuality and reality and all that i thought it was fascinating to watch
1: i agree i think it was a good moment for for jennifer really strong moment for her yeah i think we talked a lot about this hold on
0: what was your favorite part
1: oh i was gonna say the same thing
0: oh really that's your favorite part too.
1: i I like that part and you know and i also like her like her cool like warrior moment at the end where she's just like Mm. kicking his ass um i think that part's really cool (laughs) but mostly it's the it's the her sitting there looking like a fucking fabulous ass bitch yeah i also and who else is gonna look as good as her sitting there exactly nobody
0: exactly also i'm sorry i didn't mention this earlier but i also really like the transitions that are used in this movie between scenes like when she first enters. you mean like the like,
1: the 10 minute windows 95 screensaver montage oh my god <laughs>
0: what was that when she like when she's first entering that dream more war- oh, that, that his mind that's hit that's when he goes in that was so weird but also at the end where she's in her mind and she has those weird like sing-along disney things coming on the screen i like it, that
1: part really it I looks mean, it, like
0: bad christmas
1: well like, it well it's because she when she opens up the thing she sees that tarot card because she oh, that's one random thing about her is that her character likes tarot yes, apparently and it's the 70s cartoon movie yeah apparently. it's it's like the most subtle detail but like at one moment before she goes to sleep after she's smoking her joint in her undies she's like holding a book of tarot or or like on her lap as she falls asleep. So then later on when she's like switching, like switching the levels of the whatever and the technology to go to, or to bring him into her mind, she has like a tarot card of that purse of the image that she's about to be. So I think it's like the border of the tarot
0: card. Oh, Oh, that's, I just, you know what? It was 2000. I was about to say, I wish it didn't look so cheap. Oh my God. It it does look cheap, but also kind of look, I don't know. It kind of looks cool to me. Really? I don't, I don't know. I like it. It looks like a bad eye movie effect. Like <laughs> <something>. <laughs> it does look like that, but I kind of think that's fun, but I was talking more about the transitions, like, between when when you first go into his mind and you see him getting baptized in that river where he got the virus and then it goes down to the bottom and you can see under everybody and then it goes down and then all of a sudden you're in the side of the room where she's laying down on the opposite end it looks like she's on the floor or like the side of the wall but really she's on the floor all the transitions are just really weird and very rain on me (laughs) oh (laughs) (laughs) then she breaks out in choreography. No wonder
1: that's where gaga got it from she watched the, the cell, cell and she was
0: like this is it <laughs> this mo- and water is yes. a metaphor yes oh
1: my god who knew okay great well i think we have um delved quite deep into this movie well i had a lot of fun did, did you have a lot of fun i had lots of fun um thank you so much for doing this of course
0: i was so nervous but i as soon as we started talking i was like this is Literally, like, sitting on the couch watching a movie.
1: Exactly. And that's what I think people want to hear. Just people
0: shooting the shit, as they say. Exactly. About 2,000 sci-fi horror serial killer cop movies with some horror. (laughs) (laughs) And Jennifer Lopez. And Jennifer Lopez! (laughs) Uh, God bless her.
1: Well, before I go, I just wanted to ask something of our of our very, very dear listeners here. We are so excited to do this for you, and we just want to know how we're doing. So if you can, hey, leave us a comment, leave us a review, send us a message right on our fucking our Instagram, you know, just anything, just let us know how yeah, we're what doing. We always saying,
0: like, comment, subscribe, oh, yeah. like,
1: comment, and subscribe, guys.
0: <laughs> on the YouTube, <laughs> on the YouTube,
1: yeah, we don't have a YouTube, but if you want to follow us, please follow us on Instagram at Fear the Talking Queers. And um, I believe you can also follow us on Twitter if you like. I'm not the best Twitter user
0: you just got it today i calm down
1: i know i've had it for a, a, I think a couple of weeks now <laughs> but i've not posted on it until recently but we are at fear tt queers mm. on twitter um yeah so just drop us a line say hi we want to get to know you I, I i see that people are listening but now um i want to hear yeah so uh yeah give us a like comment subscribe and uh that's it i think we're gonna see you next week and i think somebody will be back in the house next week. Very excited about that. Um, So we will see you all later.
0: Sweet screams, perras.